particularly people, let's say young people, because they're younger than I am, but people who are approaching, say, age 65, uh, and may not know. Uh, I, I, you never know what people know and don't know, but there are most of these things that have to do with Medicare you, they are, are not open for enrollment all the time. There are windows, I believe I'm right about this, uh, when you can yeah. sign up, and uh, you have to sort of keep up with them. And uh, you're expected, I think, to sign up for Medicare Part A when you turn 65, and I'm not quite sure how it happens after that. Is, do you, is that when you have to sign up for Part D if you're going to? Well, you're theoretically at, at 65. Um, Actually, I think it's 66 now. They've changed it. But you're supposed to sign up then. And, and as you and I have talked before, for those people who may think they're only taking one prescription and they don't really need to do this because they don't want to pay a monthly premium, some of them decide, well, well I just won't do that. But there's a penalty if you do not. Uh, and if you decide at 68 you want to sign up, uh, you're going to have three years' worth of penalty, which winds up being about a 3% or so higher premium than you would have paid otherwise. But uh, sorry. it winds up being a situation that people need to think about this seriously because just because you're taking one prescription today and maybe that's an inexpensive generic, then you may find yourself in a predicament six months from now where the situation has arisen and your doctor wants to give you two or three other drugs and maybe they're expensive. Uh, and so if that happens, as you just referred, you can't go back and retroactively sign up for the earlier part of the year. You're out of the plan until October the 15th of the following year. Now, if you're, uh, am I not right? I may be wrong because, as you say, things change. But if you have a plan that connected to your work or to your retirement that is the equivalent of what Medicare Part D would provide for, you do not have to have Medicare Part D, but, but that has to be the case. Yeah, the, the, the magic term is equal to or better than right. Medicare Part D. And uh, I think what we found out at the very beginning was the state health plan is a good example of that for patients who work for the state and retired and have a retirement program and health care. And even that has changed somewhat in the state side. So that even is more reason that uh, they need to look at it carefully before they decide their plan is better. But one of the things that I think people have to get a, get a sense of is if they don't understand it, they need to seek help, and you will, I think, tell them some places they can look. And I know my mother was working for the state at that time, and she went to her HR person who said, no, our, our, what your plan is, uh, I think it was with Blue Cross, but I'm not sure, is, is okay, Louise, my mother, and so you don't have to sign up for Part D. And, uh, and she got right. me off the hook there because I didn't know what to do. Well, a lot of, a lot of this... Uh becomes complicated to people because they haven't had any reason to investigate this in the past, and all of a sudden they realize they need to make a decision. And as we have said before, uh, some of the most confused people in this whole uh, attempt are their children. Uh, you'll have a middle-aged uh, person who thinks they've got everything straightened out on theirs, and all of a sudden their parents need help with this. And uh, they haven't looked into it and are confused about what they need to be doing to help their parents. So uh, one of the good spots is the SHIP program. Uh, we've talked about the SHIP program in, in days gone by, but the SHIP program, which is a part of the Department of Insurance, the State Department of Insurance, has a division that is set aside just to help people with this program. Uh, and so you can call the 
the Department of Insurance, the State Department of Insurance, and ask to speak to the SHIP program, and they'll have a counselor come on with you and go through the process for you. But the uh, one of the things that we always want to pass on is that you can simply pick up the phone and call 1-800-MEDICATE, excuse me, Medicare, not Medicaid, 1-800-MEDICARE, or you can go online and go to Medicare.com, uh, and both of those are good sources, uh, particularly the Medicare.com, because it puts all the different plans on the screen for you to look at, and you can really explore them for the simple reason that it's important in these plans that, and I think there's about 28 now in North Carolina that you can choose from. And if you look at each one of those plans, you can literally put in the medications that you're taking, and it will show you uh, what the disposition of that drug is on that plan, what the copay is on it. Uh, and basically, you're looking at generics and brands, and, and depending on your plan, and this is what I think people need to understand, is that you're going to see plans that have different monthly fees. And as you might guess, the higher the fee, the more coverage you have. And there's another form of these plans now that we'll talk about a little later called Medicare Advantage plans, and we'll, we'll get to those and talk a little bit more in depth about those, but the main thing that the people want to understand is that the plan, if you're on a plan today and it's worked well for you in the year 2020, that it's very most likely that your plan is going to change for 2021 to some extent. If so therefore, you need to take a, and one of the things, uh, if, you, if a drug is added by your doctor, that may alter the, the face of the plan that you've decided to take. And may I say this too, Mike, uh, I know this was true the first year, we, we, the, some of the advice was a lot of organizations for older people helped provide class uh, understanding and uh, uh, with regard to how to do this, and, and some older friend who's already experienced it may be of some, some, he some help uh, to uh, people who are experiencing, you know, trying to understand the formulary and what they, in fact, need to do. Uh, so... Uh, there's some other places that you can can get help in, in dealing with what you have to deal with to sign up and make the correct decision. And, and as you point out, if you go to Medicare, what is it, .gov, there is a sample formulary, and that's sort of what I did was work through that and found one, and then I asked my one of my insurance agents, and she said, okay, that looks good. You see what I'm saying? And, and uh, uh I've, I've had the same thing, and I recheck it every year. And so far, I'm all right this year too. Yeah, I would I would uh, emphasize again, though, that people that are currently on a Part D plan that they've had it for 2020, don't just assume you're going to let it roll over and it's going to be the same plan in 21 that it was in 20, because they make changes, they make formulary changes, uh, they make other changes, they do what it, what we refer to now as tiers of drugs. So the lowest tier drug would be the least expensive copay, and the higher tier drug would be the most expensive copay. And maybe your drug has moved for 21 and it's in a higher tier, so you've got a bigger copay, then hence would probably point you to a different plan completely than the one you have now. But it's important not to get satisfied with what you have because it could very well change and cost you a lot of money. To bottom line it as we go to a break, it, this is why we're doing this program because it is worth some time and consideration and investigation and one should 
be willing to take that and be willing to seek assistance if one does not understand it. For instance, if you don't have a, if you don't use a computer or the internet, you are you are handicapped a little bit, and that's when the children may come in for for grandparents. Yeah, and the senior citizen senior citizen uh, programs and things like will help guide that as well. Is there local pharmacy? Local oh, I pharmacy forgot. That's who I forgot. The pharmacist. Yes. Okay, Mike, uh, you you've used your breath up now, uh, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and sort of investigate what Medicare Part D looks like as it actually happens. Well, once you get enrolled, and what happens, and because it it it's gotten a little less complicated in some ways, but maybe more complicated in others. Mike James pharmacist is our guest tonight. We're talking about enrollment uh, in Medicare Part D for new enrollees and for people who've already been enrolled in it. We'll be back. I'm turning here at 88.5. No, no, not 88. 98.5. Can't read my own handwriting uh, on the FM band. Be sure to set one of your buttons. I had to reset my buttons the other day and I had to make sure I got 98.5 in there so you could hear WPTF on the FM band. I had taken my car down to King's Auto and they had worked on it and they disconnected the battery and so everything was awry. Mike, have you ever done that? I'm afraid so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I looked up and the time looked kind of weird, you know, and then I realized what had happened uh, <laughs> is that uh, they, uh, I hadn't reset the time when I got the car back. I have advertised and teased that you're going to talk about what Medicare Part D wants to... Yeah, we're going to talk about dollars and cents. I'm sorry? I said we're going to talk about dollars and cents. Dollars and cents, what it looks like from the inside, yes. So go, take the ball and run. So uh, when they began this program back in in 06, uh, there were various and sundry approaches they took. And they found as years went by that they need to consolidate some of that and make it a less complicated program. Uh, and they have finally done that. Uh, Tom, you'll remember that uh, part of the process that we always talked about was a donut hole. Um, we have now graduated and the new term is coverage gap stage. So um, it's still a hole you fall in nevertheless. But, but we don't have to say donut it. hole anymore. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, that always made me think of Krispy Kreme. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said it always made me think of something that made me hungry. I'm glad we've gotten away from the donut hole now. That's good. As this program begins, uh, no matter which program you sign up for, uh, you're going to have a deductible of $445 that you must meet before you move on to the next stage. Uh, And basically... The patient is going to pay 100% of that. There's no sharing in that as there is in other parts of other stages of this program. So once you meet the 445, and that's one of the things that people seem to not remember as the new year begins, uh, is that there is a deductible because they're used to paying that minimum copay that they've reached by the time the end of the year comes. And so we have to re-educate people to that point. And this year, it has gone up. I think last year it was like 325 or, or 345. Uh, this year it's 445. So, 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 so what I do with the, with the first prescription I get in the next year, I'm actually paying the full price for that drug. 100%. 100%. And, that's, and, and one of the things, because our, our system is so complicated with deductions and so on, that's when you find out what the drugs really cost. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That's correct. 
So then you go in, once you paid your deductible, you go into what is referred to now as the initial coverage stage. And you're winding up paying basically 25% of the cost uh, out of pocket. That's your copay. However, what you realize is that the federal government is also giving you credit for the balance of the cost of the drug. So you get credit for the other 75% for the coverage gap stage. Uh, so that winds up being a total dollar value of $4,130 this year. So you're basically going to pay $1,032.50 when you do the math uh, of that amount. And once you reach that point, you then go into what we now call the coverage gap stage. That stage, uh, theoretically, is supposed to be a free stage to the, to the insurance and a full cost stage to the patient. But that, over the last couple of years, has changed also. And so now, instead of paying 100% of the coverage gap, you're paying 25%, whether it be a brand or whether it be a generic. So obviously, it's to your advantage as a patient to try to get your physician to use as many generics as possible since you're going to be paying 25%. So there's a lot of difference between paying 25% of a, a low-cost generic or paying 25% of a $500 cost medication. Now, Mike, so, I, I don't like usually to get anywhere near politics, but wasn't that that part you're just talking about, about what happens once you get into the hole, wasn't that, wasn't that connected to what is usually called, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, the the Democratic plan that uh, I'm trying to think of the president's name. This is what happens when you get old. Barack Obama, the Obamacare. Didn't, yeah, right, isn't that right, when that yeah. came about? Well, it was it was a little separate from that, but it it was a first cousin. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay, that's uh, why I got what, confused. To, okay, yeah, to what we're talking about, yeah. But so what you wind up having when you get into the coverage gap is this 25 percent responsibility. What you also need to know is that the federal government, as they began to work on this program several years ago, realized that this was a real deterrent from people getting their medication uh, for the simple reason that, as I stated earlier, some of these costs may be more than people can afford to pay when they get in the coverage gap. So they then started to pressure drug companies and entities of that nature to help participate in this payment structure, and that's where we are today. So basically what you have is, the maker of the product, the drug itself, is paying 75% of the cost, and the patient is paying 25% of the cost in the coverage gap. So that reduces the cost greatly to the patient. And what, as I said, what they were finding is that patients would just quit taking their medicine, uh, which obviously was not a good thing. And uh, they found out more people were winding up in the doctor in the hospital because of the coverage gap, because they weren't taking their medications and the blood pressure got out of, out of sync and so forth and so on. So it was a good thing for them to work that out with the manufacturers, and it's a good thing for the patient. Now, everything that we've spoken about, uh, the initial cost deductible of 445 and the initial coverage stage of $4,130 and the coverage gap of 25%, accumulates to $6,550 at some point in time if you're taking enough medication. And if that's the case, uh, then you roll into what is called the catastrophic coverage gap, which means that uh, basically you're looking at a 5% charge to make it very simple. 
Uh, so you'll you'll see people with copays and the catastrophic coverage gap of three dollars and seventy cents, uh, and various and sundries, and a brand is still five percent. So okay, Mike, yeah, we need to call. Yeah. We need to call time right now, and and we can circle around and come back to this after we take a okay. break. But we need to check the news right now. Thank you. All right. Nine thirty-three. Time to turn show. WPTF Wednesday night, October the twenty-first. That means tomorrow is October the twenty-second. And the last time I looked, that was the established date for the third and final presidential debate. Uh, and, and in fact, it will be tomorrow night, as far as I know, at this point. And it will be broadcast on WPTF beginning at 9 o'clock. So we will be preempted, and we will not be here tomorrow evening. Friday night will be trivia night, and uh, I think we're going to have some trivia about horror movies. We usually have a couple of Friday night trivia shows about horror movies and things that would be popular on Halloween, uh, near Halloween, and we're getting close. And it's not this weekend, but the next weekend. And by the way, that weekend, the next weekend, the one that right before we vote is when the time will change. So nobody's mentioned that yet, but we need to keep that in mind, in mind too. Monday night, by the way, Dr. Funkhauser will be here and we'll have an update on our necrology, people who have died who deserve to be remembered. But very much alive, yours truly, Tom Kearney and Mike James, pharmacist. And the topic tonight that uh, Mike is informing us on is enrollment for and participation in Part D of Medicare. And, uh, he had gotten us across the, the gap, I think that's what we're calling it now. It used to be called the donut hole, and uh, we, we had invested, or, or, or about $6,000 had been invested in the program at that point uh, for each individual, if you got all the way across. Am I doing all right, Mike? Am I close? I was going to say, that's good memory, good memory, Tom. Yeah, I, I'm working with notes without any notes here, so, yeah. so pray for me, but... Uh, uh, that much has been spent. It's not necessarily out of pocket, uh, as I understand it. But when you get, if I understand, I'm rehearsing what you're saying because I figure if I can understand it, most people can understand it. But by that time, uh, when I got on the other side of the donut hole or the gap, I would be paying about 5% of the cost of the drug. Yeah, so what they've done this year is they've, they set a standard that says if you get a generic medication, this is in the the catastrophic coverage stage now. If you get a medication which is a generic and it's below twenty four dollars, you're going to pay three dollars and seventy cents as a copay. If it's above that, you're going to pay five percent of the cost. Okay. And on the brand side, if it's under one hundred and eighty four dollars, you're going to pay nine twenty, and above that, you're going to pay five percent. So they've they've made it very straightforward, much more so than it used to be. So We'll do a quick summation because I'm sure this is not important to a lot of people, but a lot of people it is very important for. So you got 445 for a pay-in. You've got initial coverage of out-of-pocket of $1,032, which means that you get credit for $4,130, and then that throws you into the coverage gap, and then you've got to get out of the coverage gap once you reach $6,550. What we understand is that there's an awful lot of people out there who take much, much less medication than that. So they will never reach the coverage gap. And we used to have kind of a rule of thumb that says, if you're not in the coverage gap by August or September, uh, you'll never come into it. You'll never get into catastrophic because you just won't pay in enough to, to get to that point. 
And so but, the, but you run in December, you wind up starting over in January. So it begins again with your deductible. But these are the new dollars spent for this time. I think they're better than they've been in the past. I think they're more straightforward, and I think there's a lot less uh, holes to fall into along the way. So I think the plan is going to be good. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about the Medicare Advantage plans, uh, which are, are coming into focus much more so. And I think probably, along with political ads, I think the starting October the 15th, people have seen a lot of ads uh, in the media concerning Medicare Advantage. Uh, and so, Tom, if you have some more questions, we'll talk about that, but we'll get to Medicare Advantage when you're ready. Uh, well, I just wanted to, to reiterate a couple of things. Uh, one uh, is part of the secret of this, and we, we probably ought to rehearse this again, you know, after you talk about Medicare uh, C, which is the Medicare Advantage, is a lot of this depends on something that you underlined a lot at the beginning, is this, that when you enroll or if you reassess your participation in D, that you make sure that you check the formulary to, to make sure the drugs that you need or will want to have are on your plan. Uh, and and, uh, uh, and it, it is, as I understand it, not very many people make it all the way to the, to the and you were sort of suggesting this to the, to the far side, because it would be a person who took very expensive and esoteric drugs that, 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 that generics were not available for and that were uh, for, for serious business that would get to the, to the far side of the, the gap. I, I believe that's probably the case. So, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And you just made a very good point. My, my mailman is sort of humping over when he comes to my house now because I'm old enough and I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of, uh, lot of uh, mail regarding enrollment by different insurance companies. Uh, it's kind of like when I turned 65 uh, in, in, with regard to Medicare uh, the Advantage Medicare C, which is the Advantage plan, I believe. And, and this has been something that's been the case, the emphasis on it, I think, for only about the last four or five years. But uh, that's what we need to talk about now because that is one way of handling the Medicare D question. It is, and I think that uh, you're right about the time on this. And it started out very slowly, and they kept uh, basically putting together better plans every year. And this year... Uh, they're really out front with a lot of plans and trying to help people understand that their best bet is to go into the managed care, Medicare Advantage plans. And that sounds good and it looks good in advertising and so forth, but you have to be very astute in what you're doing when you're looking at these plans because basically what it's doing now is taking the place of your Medicaid, excuse me, I'm sorry, Medicare card, and uh, hence, you're in a plan. And I think I shouldn't say it this way, probably, but we all remember HMOs, I think, probably, or most of us do. Uh, and HMO was an entity in which you went to, and you went to the HMO's physicians, and you went to their healthcare entities that they were associated with, and so forth. And maybe in your case, um, you needed to go to another physician. You couldn't go to that physician unless they approved it. The Medicare plan. Uh, advantage plans, in my mind, are similar to that. Uh, they offer an awful lot of good coverage, but you just have to be very astute into what coverage you're trying to get because if your doctor that you currently go to, that you've been going to for 20 years, 
is not in their plan, then you can't go to that doctor and be covered. So there, you would have, there's a list of approved doctors that you have to that you have yeah. to go to, right? You would have to pay out of pocket if you went to that doctor and he was not in their plan. So, okay. yes, it's true. You you possibly get more comprehensive coverage overall because you'll have advantage plans now that not only have physicians and pharmacies, the dentists, the whole healthcare spectrum uh, will be there, but it, it is their spectrum. It's not your spectrum unless your physicians and pharmacies and all those people happen to be in that particular plan. So I would, I would encourage you to look at those. Uh, some of those plans, depending on your income level, are zero per month fees as opposed to maybe a $30 or $40 a month fee for being in the plan. Uh, some of them have zero co-pays for the physician, zero co-pays at the pharmacy, and so forth. Uh, however, as we said a while ago, you need to look at their plan closely and see if your hospital is covered, if your physician is covered, and so forth. Um, right. coverage as a, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, hey, am I not right? that what they're doing, these these companies are, is they're taking the Medicare money that might be spent in your behalf and managing it, and, and hopefully efficiently enough, so that they can give you better service and still make a profit. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. One, but it's the money's coming from Medicare. It just goes to blank or blank or blank or blank. And I know I got notices from the medical group I deal with last year that they were accepting these because they had been reticent about accepting the, the you know, Medicare Part C things before. Uh, but uh, I guess their doctors got to be on the list after that. And, but there, there are plenty of choices, and uh, that's what all the ads in the mail are, if you're old enough, and on TV. There are commercials that are five minutes long because they go and explain the whole thing to you or as right. best they can. So. so that's the reason you're seeing uh, some of these you know, it was it was unheard of two or three years ago to have any kind of plan that there's not some type of coverage cost, whether it be monthly fees or co-pays at the dock or co-pays at the pharmacy and so forth. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of these plans work that out now because it, it's attractive uh, to a person on Medicare that there's no cost to them at those facilities. So uh, look at it carefully if you decide you want to go that way. Uh, just just bear in mind that the same thing applies that we said earlier, and that is your area's got to be covered, your medication's got to be covered, or it's, it's going to cost a lot of money. The interesting thing this year that they're doing, and they've, they've tried to do this a couple of times, and it didn't work out very well, but they're going to do it across the board this time on the Advantage plans, and that is if you sign up for an Advantage plan in these dates that we talked about, October the 15th and December the 7th, goes into effect January 1, 2021, then you can actually come out of that plan or change plans or go back to the original uh, Medicare Part D program as long as you do it before March the 31st. So their logic is that they want you to try it and see if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, then they'll, they'll uh, which is unusual because they used to, once you signed up, you were in the plan, you couldn't change till the next open window date. But this is going to be a little different. So people that are concerned about these have the opportunity to, to sign up and then change if they want to, but they have to do it before March the 31st. What would you do Would you, if you wanted to go back and use uh, uh, Medicare Part D as a 
stand alone, and you would go back to classic Medicare for the other part. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, as I said, think, I can understand about, it. Most anybody yeah. can. Yeah, you think about it, if you sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan, you just might as well put your Medicare card in a drawer somewhere. Right. Because at that point in time, it's not effective. Everything is switched over to the Advantage plan. Right. But the thing but to remember the, is that you have to be within their plan, and, and most of them, I don't know that all of them do. You may know, Mike, but, but most of them have an established group of physicians that they their their uh, enrollees must uh, must go to must attend to. Yeah, well, okay. it's, it's kind of like we said before, and we've said this over the years. You have to be care, care very careful about a limited network, right? Exactly, uh, which is what we're talking about here. So uh, that's why it's so important that when you look at these, and and here again, you can do this online, uh, or you can call eight hundred Medicare and ask them to tell you this information. Uh, but the the main thing is to make sure. Uh, that your physician is on that list and your hospital is on that list. If, if you always go to Rex Hospital and that's where you want to go if you have a problem, you need to make sure Rex Hospital is on the list. Because right. if it's not, then they're going to tell you you have to go somewhere else. Now, Mike, we're going to take a break. Check them Okay. And when we come back, uh, the things that I, I historically got mixed up, Medicare and Medicaid, and one issue that we still need to talk about tonight is Medicaid, and you may have some other things that you want to round up and talk okay. about because we're entering the last quarter of the program. And we'll do that with Mike James, our guest tonight. He's a, a pharmacist, and he's helping us understand enrollment in and participation in Medicare Part D. We'll be back. Actually, just flipped over to 951. Mike James, pharmacist, is with us tonight, uh, helping us understand enrollment in and participation in Medicare Part D. The the window for is the initial enrollment, or to change your enrollment, to repeat that, and we'll, Mike will, I'm sure, give you other some some repetition of other data. Is uh, was the, the opening of the window was last week, October 15th, and they picked a good day, an easy one to remember, and that's Pearl Harbor Day, which for those of who I, uh, who I know our history, is December 7th. And uh, that's the window in which you can enter, enroll in the program, or change your enrollment. And uh, uh, Mike is going to talk now. I think Medicare, Medicaid, I, I had to say, Mike, uh, are, you, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, go for it. Medicaid. On Medicaid, uh, you have what is referred to in the trade as dual eligible patients. And they're old enough to be on Medicare. Uh, they're also in Medicaid. And so uh, they have the ability, and they're the only ones that have the ability that literally they could change their plan every month. They're not locked in uh, like other people are. This all started uh, back in 06 when they started to put uh, Medicaid recipients on Medicare Part D, and they were assigned, just automatically and randomly assigned to plans. And so, obviously, people found themselves in a plan that was not working for them, and so they allowed them to change as needed. But they, uh, it's the same benefit, it's the same uh, program that we all participate in, and I think the, the advantage of that is that if people get reassigned to a program, uh, then they can move if they need to be. So, 
uh, that's the benefit of what Medicare Part D did with the uh, Medicaid recipients, and I think it's good for them, and I think it works well for the state. I would, I would tell you that as you look at this, I know we're going to be short of time here, but as, as you look at this and think about what you're doing to be on these plans, uh, the thought comes to mind, why should you change and what, what does it mean? If you look at a plan that you have and it's changing unfavorably, which you need to investigate, as Tom said earlier, uh, you've got a good reason to change plans then. Maybe you're also looking at a plan that you're currently on uh, that was covering your prescriptions, as we said earlier, but now it's not going to be covering something you have that's new in your current plan. Uh, certainly a real reason to change. And I can't emphasize enough what we said repeatedly tonight, and that is it's imperative that you go to the health factor, whether it be Department of Insurance SHIP program or whether it be online to look at the program or calling 800-MEDICARE. But it's imperative you look at the plan this time and look at your plan first, in particular, if you already have one. And look at your drugs. Put your drugs in and let them tell you what they're going to do with those drugs for 21. Uh, and then if you wind up have some expensive medications, you need to look closely and see what your copay is going to be on those medications. Because if you wind up finding yourself in a position that you're going to have to pay a huge amount of copay, you certainly need to explore other plans because there's certain plans out there that will reduce that cost to you. And over a period of time, that cost will mount up. I found the uh, first time, and Mike, it does seem that this time there are more plans available than there were last year. I think it started out with a high number, like something in the 50s, different companies offering plans, and it dropped down to something in the 30s. But it, I think you said it's back up in the 40s now, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think, Tom, I believe this time this probably 28, I believe. 28, okay. About. Yeah. Well, I noticed yeah. that in working through them, they were, uh, the premiums were different for, from the same company, and, and it took me a while to learn, and listening to you helped me learn that, is that because some of the more expensive plans also had proprietary drugs, which were going to end up costing more and more expensive drugs. And so just taking the cheapest premium is not necessarily, as you've been pointing out, not the necessarily the cheapest way to go. Well, you, you say, you remember we talked, I've talked a lot of times about there used to be three levels of meds. There used to be a basic plan, a silver plan, and a gold plan. Right. Obviously, the gold plan cost you more per month, but it covered much more. It paid much more on your cost. Uh, and that's, that's the way that people need to look at those premiums now because if you see a plan that's $15, you think, oh, I want to do that. Uh, you may wind up paying a copay that'll that allow it to counter out your save, counteract your savings over the year tenfold. Whereas if you're taking a gold plan, for example, then you'd still be paying that small copay every month for that expensive medication. Mike, we've done a pretty good job here, particularly with you as the brains of the outfit, because we've just about run out of time. And so uh, I'm going to say I would like to give you a call off the air after the program is over for just a second. I hope that will be all right. Okay. Maybe just fine. At the regular number. And thank you very much for being on with us again tonight. And we'll try to have you on again a little bit later to to do this again, re reminding our listeners that the window is October 15th to December 7th to enroll in Medicare Part D. Thank you.